Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, we begin with rising tensions in the Middle East. The White House says Iranian-backed militants killed three U.S. soldiers in a drone strike over the weekend. Now, Tehran has denied any involvement in the attacks, but President Biden is facing mounting pressure to confront Iran over its support of militant organizations. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. This is coming as an attack by militants in Jordan killed three troops and wounded 25 others. There are discussions underway regarding a number of options, including covert operations and multiple military strikes. The new chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General C.Q. Brown, says questions in the Middle East boil down now to deterrence. We think about the uh, approach we take. We want to ensure that we uh, take away capability while we protect our forces at the same time, not have this brought into a... uh, into a much wider conflict. None of the attacks so far have slowed down the Iranian proxies. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thanks. Now to the latest on the Israel-Hamas war. Benjamin Netanyahu says a summit to negotiate the return of hostages held by Hamas in exchange for a ceasefire in Gaza was constructive, but significant gaps remain. Spy chiefs and top officials from Qatar, Egypt, the U.S., and Israel met to try to secure the release of more than 100 hostages taken from Israel on October 7th. And back here in the U.S., Karen, former President Donald Trump faces a pair of major legal verdicts in New York that risk wiping out most, if not all, of the cash he claims to have on hand. Bloomberg's Amy Morris reports. Donald Trump was ordered to pay more than $83 million to writer E. Jean Carroll for defaming her. Also, a verdict is expected this week in New York's civil fraud trial, asking for $370 million in illegal profits Trump allegedly made by lying to get better terms on loans. He also faces mounting legal bills after being charged with 91 criminal offenses in four criminal cases. Trump's campaign finances are reportedly still strong, but he's not allowed to use that to pay for those verdicts. The Bloomberg Billionaires Index placed is Trump's liquid assets at about $600 million, although his exact financial status is unknown. Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Amy, thanks. As for the other Republican in the presidential race, Nikki Haley is saying she'll keep her campaign going, at least through Super Tuesday. The former South Carolina governor says she doesn't need to win her home state next month to stay competitive. What I do think I need to do is I need to show that I'm building momentum. I need to show that I'm stronger in South Carolina than New Hampshire. Does that have to be a win? I don't think that necessarily has to be a win, but it certainly has to be better than what I did in New Hampshire, and it certainly has to be close. Nikki Haley, speaking on NBC's Meet the Press, stopped short of committing to remain in the race through the Republican nominating convention in July. Turning to Wall Street, Karen, this is a huge week on the economic front. It's highlighted by a Fed decision and the jobs report. Let's get a preview now from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. A data-dependent Fed gets a lot of data this week, although most of it comes as and after they meet. The week's headliner is the central bank meeting. No change in rates expected. But Global Wall Street will be looking for hints from Chairman Jay Powell about when rate cuts may come. 
The first half of the week sees consumer confidence. The White House will be watching closely. And then a lot of labor data, job openings, ADP employment, the Employment Cost Index, jobless claims. Capped Friday by the government's January jobs report, all will feed into rate cut timing expectations. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Mike, thanks. Well, it's an equally big week on the equity side with some of the magnificent seven leading a barrage of earnings on Wall Street. And we get more from Bloomberg's John Tucker. And Karen, they have led the major stock indexes to record highs. Microsoft and Alphabet report earnings tomorrow. Apple, Amazon, Meta Platforms, they open their books on Thursday. Last week, you recall, Microsoft joined the $3 trillion club, which so far has only two members, the other being Apple. Analysts say AI will boost just about every part of Microsoft's portfolio. Apple's reliance on the iPhone, that is an investor concern. Well, the earnings of the so-called Magnificent Seven expected to have grown 47%. That's according to data compiled by Bloomberg Intelligence. John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, John, thanks. In Asia, we have major developments involving Evergrande. A court in Hong Kong has ordered the liquidation of the massive Chinese developer. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. Evergrande was unable to reach a restructuring agreement with creditors, even after an eight-week reprieve by the court. It's been a long and winding road to this winding-up order, and it will send ripples through China's financial markets. Evergrande shares dropped 21% before being suspended. The liquidator is likely to face a daunting process, though. Most Evergrande projects are operated by local units. It could be difficult for an offshore liquidator to seize them. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Brian, thanks. Well, in Europe, shares of Ryanair are down more than 2%. The discount carrier trimming its earnings forecast. The company is a big customer for Boeing. Brian Air Chief Financial Officer Neil Sorahan says he does not see the grounding of the MAX 9 adding disruption to its delivery schedule. I think things are moving in the right direction, um, but you know they just need to make sure um, that you know we're, we're getting high-quality aircraft on time, all the time. Ryanair CFO Neil Sorahan said the company would happily snap up any extra Boeing jets if they become available. And shares of Philips are down more than 6% overseas, Karen. The Dutch manufacturer is suspending sales of sleep apnea devices and ventilators in the U.S. That's after Philips reached an agreement with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration over its faulty medical equipment. We have more global headlines and a check of sports next. This is Bloomberg. Thanks, Nathan. It's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. A House Republican is calling Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas the architect of destruction and says his actions warrant impeachment. Texas Congressman Michael McCall on Fox News Sunday says Mayorkas is solely responsible for the amount of fentanyl and the number of people on the terror watch list that have come into the U.S. across the southern border. Eight million encounters, 300 on the terror watch list, 200 million people dead now thanks to fentanyl poisoning. McCall accused Mayorkas of dereliction of duty and breach of the public trust. House Republicans released two articles of impeachment just yesterday. The House Homeland Security Committee is scheduled to meet tomorrow to determine if it will move impeachment to a vote on the House floor. A Democratic senator who's been helping negotiate a bipartisan deal on U.S. border security says Republicans can choose between border reform or Trump chaos. 
Bloomberg's Scott Carr with that story. The bipartisan bill would give the president new emergency authority to close the U.S. border when it becomes overwhelmed, something President Biden says he might do if Congress approves it. Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson, however, has indicated the deal would be dead on arrival in the Republican-controlled House. Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut tells CNN State of the Union the text is done on the bill that's tied to critical aid for Ukraine in its war against Russia. Bloomberg Scott Carr reporting. California Governor Gavin Newsom says getting the vote out is what Democrats need to do to keep a third-party candidate from being a spoiler in November. He spoke out while on ABC's This Week against efforts by some Democrats to keep third-party candidates off the ballot. When you try to suppress choice and voice, it tends to backfire. He also urged Democrats to check the platform of the No Labels Third Party Movement, saying it literally, quote, reads as the accomplishment list of the Biden-Harris administration. He called No Labels a solution in search of a problem. President Biden says the U.S. will respond after three American service members were killed in an overnight drone attack in Jordan. Biden held a moment of silence for the soldiers killed during an event in South Carolina yesterday, calling it a tough day in the Middle East. The White House is blaming radical Iran-backed militant groups for that strike. Global news 24 hours a day whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Just subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, Conference Championship Sunday began in Baltimore. First championship game played there since 1971. The Chiefs defended Super Bowl champs, but the Ravens, the favorites, based on a regular season where they outscored the opponent by more than 200 points. And yet Kansas City started the game with touchdown drives that covered 86 and 75 yards. The second one lasted nine minutes. They led 17-7 at halftime. And the AFC title game remained scoreless until a late Baltimore field goal. Chiefs won 17-10. They're going to the Super Bowl, fourth time in the last five years. And in Las Vegas, they'll try to win their third. The first one came when they beat the 49ers four years ago. They will play them again. The Niners NFC champs with a huge comeback at home on Detroit. Trailed 24-7 at halftime and then scored the next 27 points to win 34-31. They had 17 points in an eight-minute span. The Lions helped them out. A costly fumble. Two incomplete passes on fourth down attempts when they could have tried a makeable field goal. The Lions' best season in 66 years comes to an end. The Niners have been made a very slight favorite to beat the Chiefs in Super Bowl 58. 22-year-old Yannick Sinner, Australian Open champion, only the second time an Italian has won a men's singles Grand Slam in the first in 48 years he came from two sets down to beat Daniil Medvedev. Top two in college basketball, both won. UConn by 43 over Xavier Purdue, won at Rutgers. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Karen? All right, John, thanks. Well, straight ahead, we're going to get the very latest out of the Middle East. We'll be joined by Bloomberg News Senior Editor Bill Ferries. And ahead of that discussion, S&P futures are little change this morning. Dow futures down a tenth of a percent, down about 48 points. NASDAQ futures higher, up two-tenths of a percent, or about 34 points. The 10-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds, yield 4.10 percent. The yield on the two-year at 4.32 percent. And this is Bloomberg. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. President Biden is vowing the U.S. will respond in a time and manner of its choosing following the killings of three U.S. soldiers in a drone strike in northeast Jordan. These are the first American deaths under enemy fire since the start of the Israel-Hamas war, and they risk precisely the kind of escalation in the Middle East that this president has been trying to avoid. So for more, we are joined now by Bloomberg News senior editor Bill Ferries. Bill, the president does face a very difficult difficult decision after this drone attack. What are his options now? Well, you're right, Nathan. Uh, the U.S. Uh, has vowed to respond to this attack. As you said, it's the first America, the deaths of American soldiers since uh, the, this war started. Uh, and I think it's going to have to be a very delicate response um, because these are uh, proxy groups and not actually, you know, Iranian military or the Iranian government uh, directly behind them, I think that's going to require the U.S. to do some sort of calibration. It can look at uh, targeting facilities that these different groups have in places like uh, in places like Syria, Iraq, and 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 even Iran. Um, but uh, it probably has to distinguish its response from attacking an attack on Iran directly or on Iranian government facilities, because once you have a, a nation state going against another nation state, that would be exactly the kind of escalation that I think the U.S. and a lot of other countries have sought to avoid. Uh, there also could very well be a very covert response uh, to this. Uh, there could be some sort of a, you know, a, a big hacking attack that's unleashed on Iranian facilities. Uh, there could be other things going on behind the scenes. But I think the, uh, the fact that you have three uh, U.S. troops killed, I think that requires something, something of, a, of a public response as well. So you could have both. But uh, it, there is likely to be some sort of a public response. It does sound, though, like the kind of options that you laid out are similar to what the U.S. has been mounting against the Houthi rebels in Yemen to try to deter the Red Sea attacks. But at this point, it doesn't seem to have had much effect on Red Sea shipping. Right. I think, you know, the administration's argument has been that they're hitting these stockpiles of weapons that the Houthis had. They're, they're hitting different facilities. They're looking at uh, missile launchers uh, right before, uh, right when they're loaded up, and that it will, over time, they will have, you know, significantly degraded the Houthis' ability to do this. But you're, you're right. It hasn't stopped them. If they can just get one missile off that hits a ship, they've kind of achieved their goal in that kind of attack. So it's very hard to shut that down entirely. And the big question question is on this latest incident is uh, if they do hit uh, a, a proxy, Iranian proxies facilities uh, or personnel or weapons depots, uh, will that really be enough to uh, to make the to make those groups think twice? 
And in the meantime, the U.S. is trying to de-escalate things in the Gaza Strip and foster further negotiations between Israel and Hamas in getting hostages released. We had a summit in Paris over the weekend. What's the sense about how that's going? Well, I think you're right. The the latest uh, this tensions with Iran could really work to derail that. What we're seeing come out of these talks so far is there's reports that uh, a deal uh, could be underway that would involve uh, basically a cessation of, of the conflict in Gaza uh, for weeks, possibly more than a month. Uh, we had Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu coming out and saying that the sides are very far apart at this point. Um, but it is, you know, I, I think it is, uh, it's a positive that there's some of these discussions going on. I don't think you're going to hear either side budge until they get right up to an agreement and are ready to announce. Uh, but this latest attack on the U.S. forces and the possible escalation with Iran, that will throw a lot of this into question. If there is a, if there is a broader conflict, uh, Iran is, is likely to strike out at a range of targets, and that's, not gonna, that's really not going to make things easier in Gaza. So in our last minute, are we hearing anything further from uh, U.S. or Israeli allies about how they could respond to what's been happening uh, with, with the U.S. soldiers killed as well as with what's happening in the Gaza Strip? Well, there's been, you know, the condemnation you would expect and, and also, uh, you know, a plea from Jordan for uh, more uh, more weapons and uh, defensive weapons to help it sort of protect its borders. This this latest attack took place up in the northeast corner of Jordan, and it's close to where ISIS once had a very strong base. That's why the U.S. troops are there and why the U.S. troops are just over the border uh, along that highway that leads from Iraq into Syria. Um, but you, uh, I, I think, you know, you have all sides uh, very much holding their breath to see uh, whether this attack on U.S. U.S. forces results in something much bigger in the coming hours or uh, coming days. That we'll be following. Thank you, Bill. As always, Bill Ferry, senior editor for Bloomberg News on the heightened tensions in the Middle East following that drone strike in Northeast Jordan that uh, claimed three American lives over the weekend. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. 
Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.